Well, hello everyone. Qua Welcome to Quantum Nurse Freedom International live stream. And today is, uh, what's today's date? It is September 13, 2021. It, it is a Monday. So I think I'm going to start saying that because it's like a good document other than typing it in. Mm. So I am so excited and honored and proud to have a colleague, a new colleague, but you know, he's also my uh, brother star, as she, yeah. he calls me sister, so I call mm -hmm. him brother star. And mm -hmm. I have Dr. Samuel Lee with me. So for those of you who are, you know, who have been following me and following the entire team, please, if anything that resonates to you, do, don't hesitate, share it to uh, other people, okay? So for today, um, I'd like to welcome Dr. Lee and Dr. Lee, welcome again. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, with a little bit of what I know in writing um, from about Dr. Lee is that he is a board-certified um, psychiatrist. And by the way, bef when before I met him and knew that he was a board-certified psychiatrist, he's I, he's just low-key, may I say low-key, he's humble, he has that humble spirit, but a lot of knowing, and so I was, I didn't know that he was a doctor, and so I'm very proud that he's a doctor, a doctor and he's a different doctor, he's a different psychiatrist, so although he graduated from uh, regular um, medical school, Loma Linda University Medical School, and he completed his psychiatric residency at Cedars Sinai Medical Center and University of Washington in Seattle, Washington. And he has worked as an adult and geriatric psychiatrist on Los Angeles, California, as well as he also has worked as a medical director at the Alternative to Meds Center in Sedona, Arizona. And as part of his mission as a psychiatrist, he really feels like, he, you know, because he continuing his study again on bioregenesis under Dr. Uh, Jer Duhenny at Bio Bioregenesis University. So he has that passion and knowing that one of his important role is to be able to have that um, freedom, liberation, education and empowering people. And although we're talking about psychiatrists and usually the first thing that comes as a psychiatrist is what prescription they can do, right? Mm -hmm. What medications. But so let's have a powerful conversation yeah, with uh, Dr. Lee. So welcome again, Dr. Lee. And uh, I know it's you practically is usually busy. You may be moving from one place to another. Just that's the kind of <laughs> doctor you are. So. Um, yeah. So tell us what what made you like uh, chose. Okay, first, what made you become a doctor? And of all um, mm -hmm. specialty, okay, you chose psychiatry. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, thanks for having me. Um, so I, because this is the Quantum Nurse Podcast, I'm going to answer this question in a very quantum way. <laughs> um, the creator honors choice. For there to be love, there must be a choice. And so, you know, um, so, you know, the way I'll answer that is, you know, when I was, uh, you know, one with source and before incarnation, um, you know, I chose to be born. Um, I chose to incarnate to a specific mother's womb. 
uh, on a specific date when the planetary alignments were all in alignment with the right energy for me to be able to fulfill what I came here to do. And so, um, you know, and I think part of that was choosing parents who were uh, believed in health, the health message. And, uh, you know, as I started growing up, my personality traits, which were influenced largely by um, the, you know, the mission that I chose um, when it came to medical school, I was in, in my psychiatric rotation and I was noticing these energies and I really enjoyed, um, you know, all the good ones are a little, little crazy, right? So I really enjoyed, I was very curious about what was happening and really enjoyed my psychiatry rotation and in the wisdom of elders, um, you know, there is wisdom. And so I went to, you know, um, the people that I really respected in my life. And I, I just started getting different perspectives. What do you see me as? Like, um, how can I make the greatest impact? And, you know, my best friends, they'd all say like, you're a psychiatrist, you know? And, you know, they would say mental health, you know, this anesthesiologist I really respected said, you know, there's a lot when you can work on the mind, how that can really, really help people. And so I ended up choosing psychiatry. And, um, you know, I, I think long answer short is it was my destiny in this lifetime. Yeah. What a beautiful answer. And mm -hmm. I I personally am lucky that I have, let's see, you're the second. You might be the third psychiatrist friend mm -hmm. in my circle who yeah. has chosen a different not the traditional mm. path of uh, psychiatry that just is able to prescribe meds, but other things, offer other things. Mm. Um, mm. But it's interesting that you mentioned also yeah. that you yourself have had um, problems or symptoms of what is the psychiatric problems. Mm. So do you wanna share a little bit out of you know, yeah. that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so in this lifetime, um, my dharma, if you want to call it, um, was not only to become a psychiatrist. Uh, you see, when I was young, from the ages of zero seven, um, I also chose all this. So I really, you know, my parents were very strict Christians. And so I was kind of uh, programmed in a lot of good ways and programmed in a lot of other ways, uh, religious doctrines. And so I had this programming with me my and i grew up and uh you know and then uh you know i was like the most innocent uh college student ever i was studying till my nose bled i was like you know i'm gonna be a medical missionary i'm gonna spread the gospel you know to all of asia that's why i chose this avatar right and uh so you know i was so innocent and i didn't know anything about the world um and all i do is play basketball go to church and study and you know, there came a point where I was on fire for this, what, you know, I perceived to be source, God and Jesus, you know, and I fell in love and I was on fire, you know, but I felt, I kind of fell into lukewarmness. And I remember one day where I was like, this is not that fire that I remember. And um, I didn't know how to get that fire back. And there's a verse in uh, the Bible where it says, I'd rather have you be cold than lukewarm like in the middle you know so i said god you know i felt your love but um i am going into the world i don't know how to be hot so I'm, I'm, for the next 10 years i experienced everything the world had to offer like i'm just curious i'm a curious soul so i explored everything partying in la for such a long time 
But during that process, you know, there was all these still in my um, subconscious mind programmings, which told me like, if you do certain things, you're a bad person, you're a sinner, you know, uh, Christianity um, programming. And so, you know, I would numb myself. And, and the real question is not like, um, you know, what's the addiction? Because I was addicted to a lot of things. It's what's the pain underlying the addiction. And I was trying to cover this up with, with you know, you know, pleasures. And there came a point where as I tried to go back, this programming made me into a very low vibration, made me feel like I was a bad person. And so during that process, I went through literally every single psychiatric diagnosis personally. So, you know, like, you know, generalized anxiety disorder, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, bipolar disorder, major depression three or four times. As working as a psychiatrist, I was experiencing all these things. And then I was learning the system. And so I had to figure out how to heal myself and, uh, you know, figure out that Western medicine wasn't really offering the root uh, solution to the root problem. So I went on a deeply healing journey. And so my dharma has been not only to become a psychiatrist, but to experience all the symptoms and then to learn um, natural, you know, naturally uh, how to heal myself and then how to help others now. So that's been, it's been a, it's been a fun, interesting journey. Yeah. I love that. I love, mm -hmm. I love when, you know, you are able to uh, get, go through the changes that you had to go through that. And when you said that you really have to feel the pain, because I think that many times when I, came when see i didn't grow up in united states right so my basic nursing was in the philippines and growing mm -hmm. up like that and well my first observation when i first came here and by the way at that time before you apply you they ask you what specialty of nursing do you want to apply so you have choices and mm -hmm. my first choice was psychiatric nursing mm -hmm. right? But then that wasn't mm. where I ended up because, you know, they have to, mm. have to put you where there's much shortage of um, help. So and so it's OK, you know, no, as as a Filipino, you just go through it, whatever's given and you try it. Yeah. So when I mm. when, when, mm. so when you said that to go through it and it's it, it's crucial in important so my observation as i said with my patients mm -hmm. is that they are quick to ask for pain medication they are quick mm -hmm. to ask for their anti-anxiety pill they are mm -hmm. you know and of course i'm not in their position so i acknowledge that it might my threshold might be different but they're really quick to ask for that and then if you um that's just the behavior of not being fully contented and being happy they're always seeking something yeah then and uh, mm -hmm. you want to speak a little bit about that um since i mentioned about being mm -hmm. depressed what in your practice what do you think makes people mm -hmm. like depressed again that's another thing that yeah growing up I didn't realize that people are depressed or we never just use mm -hmm. those words. But of course now, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. in my country, we use that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great, great points. Um, so I'll just start by saying, why do people reach for pills? 
Well, when they're watching TV, right, or, you know, programming, television programming, they drop into alpha brainwaves. Alpha, they're not consciously freeing the information going in. And so it registers into the subconscious mind. So, oh, you know, here's this picture and, and you know, these ads and, you know, ph pharmaceutical companies spend millions and billions of dollars studying people and targeting these ads and these commercials to people and they've started this thing that you know once you're depressed oh here's this happy guy all of a sudden so it goes this image goes into the dna encryption and so without even knowing it now people start using the language i'm depressed and that language in of itself actually uh locks people into a frequency fence and from being free because when someone says i am be very careful what you say after that because if you say i am depressed you just sent a message to your entire body your dna uh to code for proteins that are in alignment with what you just said and 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 so uh, people are literally being subconsciously programmed, so it's not their fault. As soon as they feel a certain way, they identify with, oh, I'm depressed because it's been programmed into their subconscious mind. And then they reach for Lexapro, Prozac, Cymbalta, which never treats the root cause. And to understand depression, we have to take this back. When a child is zero to seven years old, okay, they're in primarily delta brainwaves. Um, their door to their subconscious mind is wide open. Imagine that the brain is like an iPhone. And so their iPhone is blank, no programs running, right? But mm -hmm. um, as little children, they're literally watching with, through mere neurons everything their parents say and do. Um, they're literally registering and learning different programs of how to receive love. And, you know, what is love? Well, love is energy, you know, energy that people need. to. It's a connective connection uh, of the universe. Oh, when I go to church, my mom gives me love. Oh, when I get 100 on my test, my dad gives me love. And so they start downloading these programs. Oh, it's not okay to do these things in front of company. I can't sing. Oh, my mom shushed me when I was trying to sing. Well, that's stuck energy. And so we start downloading these programs through mere neurons, wide open iPhone program from the ages of zero to seven when the subconscious mind is wide open. And by the age of 35, 95% of everything we do is running on subconscious mind programming. So, you know, the societal programming, which says, oh, you should be married by this age. Mm -hmm. Oh, you should, you should have this much money in your bank account. Oh, uh, you know, so as these programs are going, then what starts happening is um, people don't even know it. Well, what happens to an iPhone when there's too many programs running in the background all at once in the brain, right? Well, it slows down and there gets crowded, stuck energy. About the past or the future, all these programs subconsciously. Then what happens is, for example, I'm going to a job. Uh, my intuition, my soul, my knowingness knows that this job is not for me or this relationship might not be for me. But I keep going because the program has told me you need this much money. You need to be, you know, I need something outside of myself. So then as this starts happening, we start kind of coming into this dissonance, this resonance, and you can kind of call it energy, low frequency thoughts low frequency belief systems, 
and uh, low frequency. And what does that start doing? Well, it starts producing the proteins that are in correspondence with that, leading to this low energetic state uh, where emotions are guilt, shame, fear. Um, we don't want to go anywhere. We don't want to do things. And that's what people call depression, um, deep rest. Um, but it's in that state that we start, even though it's not pleasant, we start realizing what these programs are. And we start unplugging from belief systems, things, uh, people, foods that no longer are service, that are lower resonance. And it's, it's, it's difficult there in the unknown, what some people call the dark night of the soul. Uh, you feel alone and you go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And these programs are still running, saying you're a bad person or you need that. You need this outside of yourself. You need a relationship. What are you doing? And, and so then... But in that darkness, you know, she who is forgiven much can love much. He who has been to the darkest of the darks can appreciate the light all the more. So it's in that darkness we find the light. We start plugging into different people, different programs, higher energetic oscillations, foods, exercise, things that serve us. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a lot, a lot of uh, people allow themselves to go there so that and then because you've been there, you can become a wounded healer because the wound is where the light enters. And now when you're talking to someone who's depressed, you have compassion because um, you've been there and then you can talk to them from your heart about what you personally experienced and what worked for you and, and, and be able to kind of help people because you've been through it as well. It's kind of like a butterfly, yeah. you know, um, they've been told through all these programs, you're a, you're a caterpillar. Okay. Right. You're a caterpillar. Like uh, you can't fly. You, you're in this frequency fence of programs, which is fear based, which prevents you from flying. But as the caterpillar starts getting older, starts, you know, uh, the fish starts looking out the fishbowl, the frequency fence of fear. They start realizing, no, nah, I was meant to fly. And so their higher self almost struggle. Because if you try to open up a caterpillar wings before it's ready, it can't fly because in that struggle, it produces the strength, it produces the courage, it produces the fluids in the wings that are necessary for it to burst out of the cocoon and then be able to fly. So that, that depression is a transition state in consciousness um, where you go into the unknown uh, to get ready for a, a higher level of consciousness if you don't give up. Okay, so basically mm -hmm. what I'm hearing is that all of us go through some type of depression, some type of addiction, and yet, uh, that, so let's not uh, give up that, okay, it is, mm -hmm. it is what it is, and that's the, yeah. the end, end game, end of the game, right? So then, but yeah. then, uh, what happens, or um, how come others, mm -hmm. like, take a lifetime, mm -hmm. I say that a lifetime, because, even now, some, uh, when I see records of elders, of the seniors, and then they'll mm -hmm. say, okay, they're depressed, and they've had their depression meds for really long time. Mm -hmm. okay. and, and, and yet others were able to get through mm -hmm. like a trail that they can open up and, and you know, be from the cocoon to, to become a butterfly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how, what, well, what, what makes it, you know, strong? Or how can people remember or 
just see that okay maybe this this way there are ways mm -hmm. yeah um well these medications you know so the programming gets people on these meds alpha brainwave is, is so they reach for these meds now when people are on these meds there be, there comes a, a, a physical addiction to the medication okay. there becomes an emotional addiction to the medication um, because it numbs your feelings and and so there's also um a mental addiction uh to taking that medication every single day at the same time and then of, of, so it's really really difficult to get off these meds if you've been on them for a long time because the physical addiction the emotional addiction the mental addiction and then uh, you know the overlying belief system that i need these meds starts forming so um on so many levels it's difficult so there are some people who decide and what i found is working at alternative to med center helping people get off meds it's not easy um but for those people who have the intention and the willpower um to say i am getting off of these meds no matter what well that intention is a vibration oscillation which starts attracting to it um the right books the right doctors um the right uh you know um yeah and like uh you know herb to help that accomplish that intention because intention has infinite organizing power so some people you know because it's difficult they give up in the process uh because the addiction is really strong it's not easy but some people like say i'm gonna get off of this no matter what and for those people the intention attracts everything they need to do that through the power of intention and will how about you in your journey mm -hmm. did it take mm -hmm. you many years mm -hmm. or then um, was mm -hmm. it like when you realized that okay you can really move on from mm -hmm. your symptoms was it like a an, an mm -hmm. easier path for you well um it, there's levels to it you know um when i was very 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 depressed um probably the worst major depressive episode i was in seattle uh you know and it was i had no sunshine and i i literally had this program that i was the worst person in the world you know and so i was laying in bed like paralyzed with fear unable to look at anybody in the eye trying to finish my residence for three months in fetal position that was not easy so i'm not saying all meds are bad during that time i sought therapy which helped me. I got on a low dose of, of Lexapro SSRI, which numbed my feelings, which numbed my third eye, which numbed my chakras, but that's what I needed. That's what I needed at that time. And then during that numb state, uh, if you wanna say I finished my residency and then I slowly started tapering off the meds and getting tapering onto exercise and different things. So that was a process and it's different for each person. Um, but you know my post-traumatic stress disorder of from uh, stemming from that major depression that was difficult i mean i carried around with me a low-grade paranoia a low-grade guilt probably for about 15 or 16 years and i tried everything on this planet i got yoga teacher certified i, I did breath work like you see me walking around la like <laughs> doing breath work all around the street you know i started pumping kundalini energy i started depending more and no matter what i did this low-grade shadow i could not integrate it and so it prevented my relationships it prevented my work from really blossoming and 
you know, I'm so grateful because when I found quantum morphogenetic physics and the work of Dr. Jerry Duhenio, uh, Rivera Duhenio, you know, then I started, uh, okay, you know, I started running these techniques and running these programs, you know, and little by little by little, I feel that shadow now integrated, now mm -hmm. consecrated, now ready to rock, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, so it's been uh, such a liberating, beautiful experience for me. And I'm so grateful for person um but that's been yeah. so i guess uh, I, yeah. I believe that my that mm -hmm. will go uh that will make us talk about that yeah. transmutation mm -hmm. phase right because that's going to mm -hmm. be like that you know when when uh, mm -hmm. something sort of like not very good for us mm -hmm. that just drives us crazier or just drives us yeah. deeper um mm. deeper depression or whatever that feeling that doesn't help us to be able mm. to uh, harmonize our own frequency so you it, it just kind of went on to that point where okay i think it's enough you could trans transmute it i guess that's the word that i want is it the transmutation yeah no, but mm -hmm. did you also go through that phase where there you mm -hmm. there is that bipolar stage or yeah 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 hundred so percent yeah. in the bipolar mm -hmm. in the bipolar mm -hmm. as, um, correct me if I'm wrong but so some people uh, or is it a stage that people have to be depressed first before they find themselves that they are having that bipolar disorder um. Not always. The official uh, psychiatry Bible says if you have one, what they call a manic episode, so an elevated episode uh, with grandiosity, distractibility, irritability that lasts okay, a certain okay. certain time, then you are officially quote unquote bipolar one. Um, but most people will have, you know, what goes according to the Egyptian laws of energy, what goes up must come down. Must go down. Okay. Yeah, so usually they'll, they'll have swings, you know, uh, a very low energy depressive episode and then, uh, you know, suppress repressed emotions. And then all, all of a sudden some type of climactic, sometimes spiritual, highly charged event like like a breakup um, or, uh, you know, a, a, a death or, or some type of highly charged event will catalyze these repressed, suppressed emotions into a highly elevated state where the frequencies if you want to say are in the upper chakras and they're scattered and so you know then you go through racing thoughts you can't sleep um you're in this and people don't understand you uh, you're very grandiose because you're not grounded and and so it, it can spur you know what they call a manic episode and you can easily identify these people because the breath will follow the mind or the mind will follow the breath and no. so go, go ahead continue yeah so and, you know in depressed people they're going to be breathing very short and shallow so if you'll see that their breath is you know scattered and rapid and so the instead of the breath leading the way the mind is leading the way and the mind is stuck, you know, in, and the universe can't communicate. If you want to say the soul, the oversoul, 
um, you communicates with us through the brainwaves. So when the brainwaves are calm, we can receive the frequencies in an ordered manner and integrate these frequencies, um, you know, like the source river frequencies down into our lower chakra. Yeah. Uh, but when our breath is scattered, then our brain waves are scattered, then the energy and the frequency is all scattered. Then we can't sleep. Uh, we can't clear our subconscious mind. Then we're having a distractibility, racing thoughts. And, and then that's what leads to a manic episode. So it's really, really mm -hmm. very important that we can be aware mm -hmm. with our breath, right? Okay. Because I, mm -hmm. I know in meditation and a lot of the sessions that i'm doing with and yeah they teach you a lot about the meditation process mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. slowing down your thoughts but they don't put so much emphasis on knowing your breathing or what mm -hmm. your breathing may be a clue to what your mind is doing so mm -hmm. when you do that when you what you said it just makes more sense mm -hmm. you know for for, for that for for us mm. you know, um so in 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 a typical um session that you have how do you like what is a picture of a client when a client mm. comes to you Let, yeah. let's say on the first day mm -hmm. yeah well on the first day it, it's really about understanding understanding right so um we'll usually just you know say hello and then we'll do like three slow deep breaths together and we'll synchronize our biorhythms and drop into alpha brain waves because when we're in alpha the number one thing is people have to feel safe right and so yeah because when we feel safe we can talk about things we can visit trauma we can really express ourselves authentically and so we get into this, you know, well, first of all, it starts before I even meet the person, I'll do my techniques, I'll, I'll be ready, right? I'll, I'll call in, you know, the, the, the energies needed to, to have um, the right, right. Uh, and, and love is the number one medicine, period. Um, but so when they come in, we'll do three breaths, and then I'm just going to listen. I'm going to ask them questions. I'm going to try to understand what is happening, what the root problem is. And literally, ah, this is beautiful. Like, I'm not trying to fix I'm not trying to help. I'm not trying to save. I'm literally listening to understand. And when I do that, they feel safe. And what happens is our higher selves will have a conversation. And as I this resonance, they're starting to self. That's by my questions, they're starting to realize already by their own answers, like what's going on, what their root problem is. They're expressing themselves. And what anybody really wants is to be seen not judged and accepted mm -hmm. and loved just for who they are. So during the course of that interview, usually I hope, you know, if I'm centered and everything, then then they start feeling that, oh, I'm safe. It's okay. I'm not my label. I'm not my diagnosis. And I don't really even have to say anything. And then, and you know, yeah. And then at the end of the interview, once I truly understand what is happening, I feel like I do, then I'll repeat to them, this is what I heard. This is what's, you know, and then, and then I will literally lay out a plan you know, because I, I've been through every diagnosis, so I'm like, hey, listen, if you do these things, if you do these things, like this can really help you. And I'll explain to them why it can help them. And then, you know, and then so there's so many tools, right? So many tools to pull from. And then I'll give them the tools. And then um, usually if they, if they, you know, they'll go home and if they're motivated, they'll do these tools. And I'll never have to see them again. They get better. 
So, um, you know, and, and, you know, Western disease, Grace, they think they've created this Bible, psychiatry Bible, with like thousands and thousands of diseases. If you do this for two weeks and have five out of nine symptoms, then you have this, right? And it's like, whoa. But like, you know, I think our relatives in the East and those who are connected to nature understood there's only one disease. And that is a disconnection from source, great spirit, uh, from your higher self. Because when we are connected, love is the cohesive power of the universe, to the source, then the source principles, the source frequencies, uh, our higher self sends the right belief systems, the right attitude, the right thoughts, the right words that are in alignment with the source principles that this universe runs on. Then we become, then our DNA starts listening to the words, to the thoughts, to the attitudes, and it starts producing the right proteins. And when are connected to our higher self, then our cells are connected through the cohesive frequency of the universe called love, the cohesive power of the universe, which connects our atoms, which connects our cells, which connects our families, which connects our marriages. And so when we're connected to our higher self in a coherent way, then our body takes that message and it heals itself and it's connected. You know, what is cancer? It's a disconnection uh, of cells and it thinks it's in danger. It goes into survival mode and it starts replicating like crazy. But so, you know, that, you know, that, that's usually how, how, how a session, you know, usually goes, but I, you know, I'm going to be honest, every, like, you know, it's just whatever uh, is, is, is putting forth really. Yeah. Well, that, you have a beautiful way and a powerful way of uh, explaining things and thank you it was fantastic i'm hearing empowering words and i'm glad that you brought that you even said that you know you don't even have to say much or make that diagnosis initially because i think those diagnoses are also like uh, another another uh, indoctrination is another programming so you know and then if we get attached to what someone said that you have this problem, then it's like da -da 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 -ding. it's like an encryption, right? Yes. In our own atoms. And so even yeah. if it's true, it becomes true eventually. Then we keep mm -hmm. thinking about it. Especially when we keep telling everyone, oh, the doctor said I have this. The mm -hmm. doctor, my mother said I have this. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you know, it becomes like yeah. that. That's a great point. I mean, exactly what you said. Whatever I identify with, I, I become, you know, and literally the society is entrapped by language because God said that there be light, sound becomes light, the language of scathed waves, which Dr. Jerry's, you know, you know, given so much beautiful wisdom on. But when I speak a word, you know, I'm 70% water, but 90% water weight, that word literally starts, water absorbs the energy of my words and intention behind that and it literally goes to the morphogenetic fields surrounding my cells my organs my dna and it starts encrypting uh the through the intro you know the the proteins that are in alignment with what i said so if i identify with i am i don't want to say it, but i am depressed well my body just literally identified with that and made proteins that are in correspondence with that diagnosis and i think a big thing in language is de-labeling 
because energy is the language. Trust the energy and start using the words that are in correspondence with truth. And the truth is, no, you are an amazing, unique, beautiful, uh, oscillatory reflection of almighty source. And you are worthy, you are love, you are safe, you are held, you, you know, and no matter what is going on. And so I think as we start changing our words, our proteins start changing and we start changing our energetic state. And so, yes, I think you, you got it like language. The words are so powerful. Yeah. And it's and it's good again that you mentioned about wanting to be connected or that disconnect is like the the main like the underlying cause for all the different diagnoses is that because um, even way before uh, Dr. Doheno, I she, um, I started learning from Dr. Doheno, mm -hmm. um, like in indigenous elders from you know different tribes mm. will always say that we all want we all feel like sometimes we're disconnected so what we really have to be mm. conscious is that to consciously connect connect with that creation with the first eternal mm. creation and that and then also oh. when we uh, when when, when uh, i meet also people they who mm. Exhibit exhibit symptoms of um, depression or other uh, mental mental um, dysfunction. They feel like they no one no one loves them or they are separated. But mm. what we have been learning, especially from Dr. Duhenyo's teachings, mm -hmm. is that we will never be separated. We can mm -hmm. just be disconnected. But then all of us, yeah. and you mentioned this, as that free will to mm -hmm. say, okay, I don't want to be disconnected, that free will and mm -hmm. intention, right? So it was, you 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 express it beautifully for, for mm -hmm. that, for people to hear that it is that, mm -hmm. being yeah. connected. Yeah, you know, I, I love that you said that, you know, fear, false evidence appearing real. Because in all reality, everything is connected. You know, we all come from source, uh, all things flow from source, all things return to source. Any any separation from source is but an illusion. All things abide in that source. And so the fear is the energy that separates. It's false evidence appearing real. Like, uh, you know, but love is the energy that connects. And we are that connective force of the universe. And everything that is fear, it's really just an illusion. It's a false belief system um that is not you know that has been man created instead of source created and so these indigenous elders understood that and so when they were in nature which is by nature we are nature mm -hmm. um you know the belief in lack is the root cause of all suffering so as soon as i believe through some type of programming that i need anything outside of myself in this mm -hmm. moment to be happy, I suffer. Oh, I need more money. Oh, I need a wife. Oh, I need I need to do this. You know, no, because as soon as I do that, I'm not in the present moment, and I'm I'm, I'm literally gonna suffer. Nature, when you go out in nature and spend time in nature, nature, binary nature is abundant. 
there's abundance. And as we start spending time in nature, the infinite sun rays and the sounds of the birds, you know, which are corresponding with our DNA, and we start tuning into the connection of nature, the abundance of nature, and all scarcity mindset disappears. And then all suffering disappears because we are the abundance. And all, you know, separation or fear is it's just an illusion. So, you know, I've seen people like completely depressed like literally trying try, trying everything and then they literally just fall in love they fall in love with something and as soon as they fall in love with something like in a minute like their depression is gone you know <laughs> and it's it's gone like in a second and that's what it's the connection because they want to be here now they have you know they have something a reason to be here now and earth in in a way is is kind of like a school you know we're learning about the creator how to how to share receive and nobody teaches us how to receive love, you know, especially Asian people like, no, 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 don't give me that compliment. Don't, no, you know, it's okay to receive love and, 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 and share love. So earth is really about learning how to receive, share and give love. Obviously there's a greater picture to that, like the liberation of source and who, what source is the character of source, but love is the answer. Well, how about, how do we love those whom mm -hmm. we don't really like a lot we serve that yeah. uh, they're doing some nefarious mm -hmm. things sure <laughs> sure well well i i never said you got to like them but like <laughs> you know <laughs> but you can love them and you know it, it all stems from identification because who i identify with i will love because if i if i identify that they're the same with me that's the connection Red and yellow, black and white. I'm all of that inside of me. Rich, poor, homeless, you know, I'm all of that. Like nobody ever says, oh, my past life, I was a homeless person. You know, <laughs> like I was Joan of Arc. I was like, no, I was, I'm all of that. Okay. And once I realized it's all from source, you know, rich, poor, red and yellow, black and white, then all socioeconomic status disappears. Then you really enter in that state of non-duality. Uh, where it's like, it's all from source. And I, how could I want anything when I am everything? Like I'm all of that, you know? And so one by one is deprogramming these belief systems that make me think that I'm separate from anything that, you know, that this person is, you know, bad or evil or, you know, whatever it is that makes me not like them. But, you know, and it's okay though. We have free will choice. It doesn't mean I have to like hang out with them. Be oh, uh, but at the same time, uh, I just deep online that, hey, this person is also source. Uh, a part of source residing in source and then then i can just be free and you know be happy and i get to choose like who i hang out with and who i like <laughs> but i'm connected to all of it whether i like it or not yeah. i like saying that too when someone asks mm -hmm. me about love i said oh you can love mm -hmm. which means mm -hmm. be be you know don't hate that person or don't hate the situation but you don't mm -hmm. like that you can you can love without liking sure. yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's what makes us ind individuals. You know, that's what I. It's so beautiful. This on a higher level. Yeah, we're all one. But this individualized consciousness, it's beautiful. A unique vibrational reflection, oscillating reflection of source, um, which is unique. And uh, you know, I think it's so beautiful. This individualized, unique reflection, um, and, and to own that, and to I have my likes, I have my dislikes. 
but I am uh, one with all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so lately, have you always gone still mm -hmm. deep down the rabbit hole that you will tell your, you say to yourself, mm -hmm. oh, I'm no good, or, mm -hmm. or, or it's yeah. all been like empowering I am? Uh, you know, uh, every once in a while, like uh, a thought will still come up. And, you know, I love what Dr. Jerry once said. He said, you know what, if, if that thought is not in correspondence to my mission, it's not mine. So, you know, what I started realizing, it's just paying and, and loving even my dark thoughts. You know, Ram Dass, love your dark thoughts. Love it all. It's all an exploration of consciousness. You know, it really is. And so, okay, cool. And so loving everything. Yeah, I still have a thought here or there. But then, you know, I, then I'll I just have fun with it sometimes, depending on what mood I'm in. It's like, oh, you're no good. I'll be, I'm, I'm so I'm so bad, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, and you, you start like, you start like just, and then like every negative thought, three positive thoughts. And, you know, these days I'm like wrapping my prayers, you know? Okay. Um, and so I'm just like, really, the truth has a vibration and an oscillation that can warp any negative thought so speaking truth you know the energy of speaking the resonance the the oscillation is so much more powerful than just the thought so if i have a thought you know i give myself that gift of freedom to speak truth so i've really been trying to like just speak truth as much as i can and you know just honoring um how i feel and giving myself the gift of freedom in each moment no matter what my thoughts say i know who i am in truth I know who we are in truth. I know how you serve in truth. We are free. We are free. We are free. And so just speaking things like that, you know. Okay. Oh. When yeah. you said rapping, did you mean R-A-P as in rapping? So am I going to expect any rap uh, mm. music account from you in SoundCloud? <laughs> uh, 100% you know um spirit has me doing some 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 other work right now but um you know as soon as i get a chance you know eternal life raps you know uh i was practicing this morning actually you know you know and and just dropping it to a beat and uh you know because expressing your 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 voice it's so important i think um to express your voice uh, the unique way that that any creator has given us yeah yeah when when i i like those some of the prayers i try to um mm. sing it so that i could because i like mm. memorizing it so that you know mm. i it could just i could just say it anytime but sometimes mm. it's kind of hard to put a tune but the rapping the rapping mm. sounds good <laughs> yeah yeah well you know you work on the tune grace and i'll, I'll work on the rap and maybe maybe we'll do a little a do eternal life duet sometime to, to yeah. that to the base of freedom song you know what i mean we'll use that as a that's, rhythm that's yeah. right yeah that's right now um what what do what's a, would be a good advice for people like mm. in their daily habits like mm. like how's your daily habit like the first thing maybe first three things that you do in the morning because i believe yeah. what you do in the morning and what you mm. do the last few things you do at night mm. are really important yeah 100 <laughs> okay. mm -hmm. amazing question um first thing is in that sacred space where the subconscious mind is open where the brain is in theta waves as soon as you are semi-conscious that you're awake that that is usually when you're laying in bed and you're half awake half asleep well there's a several things you can do there the first thing i usually do 
is I try to remember my dreams. And if there's anything that I want to bring from my dreams and, you know, strengthen the neural pathways of, of, of the experience I had in my journey during my sleep and, and strengthen those neural pathways, then I'll, I'll just kind of consciously remember that. But the second thing that I think is so important when we're half awake, half asleep, our subconscious mind is wide open. The iPhone, the app store to our iPhone of our brain is open in the theta brain waves. That's half awake, half asleep. And when you're there, you can start programming your day, implanting subconscious belief systems into our brain. And so I am love, I am joy, I am peace. I'm gonna have the best day ever. Oh, today I'm gonna be talking to Grace today. Okay, I visualize it, the, you know, put in a subconscious energy of how I want to be. You know, I wanna be in joy when that happens or whatever it is. So you can start programming. Oh, I'm gonna meet my dad today. I'm gonna love my dad. I'm gonna have fun with my dad. Uh, I'm not gonna fight with my dad, right? So you start programming, I am joy, I am peace, I am health. And so that is a really sacred time until you're fully awake. And then, you know, once you're fully awake, uh, you know, early morning sun gazing, um, all the ancient yogis uh, knew that when this early morning sun, the first sun is so beautiful and powerful, you know, the light behind the light sending frequency in accordance with the earth, the moon and the stars and, and, and the, the cycles. And this early morning light comes in and hits our eyes. It goes through the optic nerve into our pineal gland. Our pineal gland starts releasing serotonin, which helps us feel good and awake. Then our skin starts absorbing vitamin D and melanin. So important, like for mood. And then we can start breathing in these sun rays and this frequency. You know, we're learning about hydrolase, but the, the early morning sun then starts, you know, uh, our cycles, our circadian rhythm starts beating together so our, our rising and, and setting of sleep cycle starts uh you know getting insane that's just the physical part you know there's a there's an emotional and a spiritual component um where this light this sun is a representative almost of unconditional love consistent revivifying um no matter what you did last night it still rises consistently and shines on all of earth giving all of earth life and then you have a sun in your heart, the Rishi self, right? And like you can start connecting with that and doing meditations and breathing in those healing rays. And as Dr. Jerry describes the process of solar synthesis, where our water starts absorbing these, these sun rays and it starts organizing intelligently our water. And then we can hopefully start producing pre hydrolase what Jesus talked about, living water, water. living water and uh it's a real thing and so we can it's it's limitless what we can do with the early morning sun and then uh you know um and then movement you know we'll drink i like to drink water like one of the first things i do is uh you know charge the energy because it, it's alive and it listens with the energy i want for that day I drink that and then uh, i like to do some type of movement uh in the morning to get nitric oxide released uh, to get the blood flowing and to get my metabolism going and then um 
and then you know just just flow uncle bruce and then you're ready for your patients or whatever so that you know i i told you before that the, the patients are very blessed very lucky to have a physician like you now i've been taking care of seniors as well uh, sam samuel and mm. so in the seniors mm. Um, especially the dementia, the, the mm. dementia loved ones and their family. Mm. Um, what do you usually like uh, ex or advise the family? Because it's hard for the family. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good question. Well, it depends on on which family, how open they are, and. Um, you know what what their belief systems are um so i'll i'll usually just sit you know sit down with them and um kind of let them know um educate them about what i believe about death uh, about dementia and about you know um and so if they're open then i'll kind of go more into um what death is not and then if there's any treatments physical emotional mental then i'll i'll usually you know educate them about that and then you know um especially with dementia i usually ask the the, the family hey you know there's still a, a being in there mm -hmm. and even though their memory is kind of going uh, the connection uh the love and so if you there's a cellular memory for music mm -hmm. um which they will forget their some dementia patients will forget their patient their 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 family's names but they will okay. not forget music and so sometimes I'll tell them, hey, make a playlist of, you know, your father's or your mother's favorite music from their childhood. And, you know, you can you can play that for them and watch. They start dancing. They start, you know, their mood starts coming alive. So whatever it is or whatever tools I have to facilitate connection to that part of their being that is still there. And then if I can to ease their minds and their you know, spirits really regarding what death really is, if they're open to hearing that. And then I'll give them whatever treatments. Uh, I think that, you know, whether it's herbs, whether it's um, music, whether it's, uh, you know, more quantum treatments, energy treatments, things like that, that I think um, can help them. And, and most of all, I think it's restoring hope. Okay. Hope, you know, I think it's important to have hope. Yeah. How about on the situation lately, especially mm. the children? Uh, what's mm. your thoughts on the on the impact of the mm. use of mask for the children? Just the mm. whole environment that the zero to seven years old mm -hmm. are experiencing right now. Because I know mm. everyone is affected, but as mm. you mentioned from the very beginning, that the mm -hmm. zero to seven mm. is really crucial. Mm. they're yeah. watching adults they're watching there and their things are being imposed on them any thoughts on that uh, in terms maybe yeah. of a long-term mm -hmm. impact on them yeah. mm. great question so so these kids are literally mirror neurons subconscious mind wide open and they're literally downloading the program and in that age it's so important to believe that the world is a safe place okay. and so if they're watching their parents you know in fear putting on a mask or in fear not going somewhere or in fear they feel this energy the subtle energy and they're starting to develop the mind 
frame that this world is not safe. Number two, it's not safe to breathe. Um, you know, and so, you know, and then also it's not safe to hug or touch. Okay. And, you know, the greatest medicine is love, which is connection. So they're downloading these programs of fear, which are going to be with them the rest of their life, mm -hmm. you know, six feet apart, too far to touch hearts. Because when two hearts come together and they hold that and they're really in a state of connection, field blending, oxytocin starts flowing. And it naturally balances dopamine. It naturally balances serotonin. And so they're being forced to not have this bonding hormone. And then not only that, they're breathing in, if you want to say, recycled oxygen mm -hmm. and uh, increased CO2 levels, um, which is obviously affecting their cells and their, their brain function. And so, you know, I think it's, it's an important question to ask. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, our future are our children. And so it's not only this, they're going to pass on these programs to seven to 11 generations of their, of their children. Um, so they're developing these programs. And so I think it's, uh, you know, really important to help our children, um, you know, around them to help them feel it's a safe place. So I think these masks and these things are, you know, doing, causing a lot of fear within our children. And so, you know, I think it's important to, hug them you know and and love them and and educate them and be an example to them most of all that the world is a safe place and to create a safe and place then, for them. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah mm. and all, and i guess also the words that we use to explain why they have to use it why you know because mm -hmm. sometimes like if there's no I mean, there are choices, but for those mm. who think that the only choice is to send them on a mask to mm. go to school, then mm. the explanation of that it should also generate not fear. I don't know mm. what that would do, what it would, should mm. generate, but not fear. Because yeah. if we explain it that, okay, you know, you'd be sick because there's something there, then it's really crazy. So mm. I guess we yeah. have work to do. <laughs> yeah so yeah you know um yeah mm -hmm. for those who are wide awake they'll be busy mm. working yeah. now um mm. tell me about tell, tell us tell the audience about the, the your book and that's the title mm. of our your conversation is the spiritual guide yeah. to mental health do you want to speak a little bit about that mm. and where people can find that book get that book or what inspired you to Right, that mm -hmm. book. Well, um, you know, when I was a Western doc working in Los Angeles for almost 10 years, I started realizing, holy crap, uh, these meds are not treating the root cause. It's not really fixing anything. And I had to heal myself. So that book is really an accumulation of everything I learned working as a Western doctor in LA as a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm as well as a personal healing journey for myself. So uh, it talks about natural ways, energetic ways, uh, how to treat the root cause of the problems of depression, bipolar disorder, PTSD, what death really is, what it's not, Alzheimer's, dementia, and you know, different topics, I guess. So it's really my healing journey of being a Western psychiatrist, experiencing 
the symptoms for myself and then having to look for root treatments. Um, and so I, I just kind of decided like it's time and I wrote it out a lot in, in a book and um, it's called The Spiritual Guide to Mental Health. Well, it's perfect because yeah. even before you were studying um, bioregenesis, you, uh -huh. as if it's just paving the way for you to be ready to that bioregenesis journey. Exactly. Yeah, exactly what you said, Grace. Uh, my whole life has been a preparation for this wisdom and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything more that you want to um, share that is really uh, that your heart is telling you to share or, or yeah. your, your spirit? Because, mm -hmm. and I can see uh, the only thing that we was a challenge during this time is your Wi Fi. Because sometimes I cannot mm -hmm. hear your whole, oh. your whole conversation. So, mm -hmm. at some point, when you are not in the hotel, perhaps mm -hmm. we have to do it like another one, okay? And it's okay, sounds, yeah, because that sounds your, fun. Your words and messages mm -hmm. are very important and. I know, but we will still publish this. So any more last no, last few words of wisdom? And if they want mm -hmm. to get in touch with you, where can they get in touch with you? You know, my last words are really love yourself. Love yourself so much that you give yourself the gift of freedom in each and every moment. Do not beat yourself up. You are worthy, you are loved, you are source, having a human experience. And so every day, if you can, like look in the mirror, connect with your own eyes and say it to yourself, I love you, mm. I love you. And you know, however many times, it might feel uncomfortable in the beginning, but continuously say that. I love you until you feel safe, safe to be free, safe to dance, safe to sing, safe to express your truth because the world needs to hear your truth, your truth, a unique reflection of source. And just by being alive, you are worthy to be here. And uh, yeah, so just, you know, look in the mirror every day and say I love you to yourself until you feel free because freedom is your birthright. Freedom is our birthright. Yeah, I know, well, yeah. Thank you. thank you so much. And I just mm -hmm. wanna say that I love you. <laughs> and oh, you I love you too, Grace, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and for all our audience, yes, um, yeah. we feel the support and the love from all our audience and from your mm -hmm. families and all your concerns. So let's, mm -hmm. Thank you, and don't forget, please share. And if you want to reach out, or if you want to order the book, it's at Amazon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you have any yeah. question? Write me the question. I'll write me in the post notes in any of this, and I'll make sure that you know I'll pass it on to Samuel, Doctor Samuel Lee. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Grace. It was fun. <laughs>